Well, one of us is going to have to change. <laughs> All right, I'll be back in like 40 minutes. No, it's, it's, it's fine, I guess. <laughs> we look a little different now. Yes, we rearranged the uh, setup a little bit we here. We moved the table because to make room for a couch that's off camera. But yes, I love it. I think it's good. Shout out Erica Cormany for giving me the couch. I like it too. We get to see more of the background now. Yeah, more of yeah, an emphasis yeah. on the malignant poster. I more hope so. More of an emphasis on whatever's going on back here. Yep. Yeah. How you doing, bud? I'm good. How are you? Yo, we wrapped Quiver. We did wrap Quiver this weekend, didn't we? Yes, we did. How's that feel? <laughs> Immaculate. Now the hard part. Yeah, right? Now <laughs> just to the most difficult part of the process. Hello, everyone. I'm Dalton Burdett. I'm Nick Iricchio. And we are the Movie Nights. Well, some of them. If you're watching this, it's because you want to hear our uncensored... Unfiltered. ...thoughts and opinions about the world of movies and entertainment news, so kick back. Relax. And thank you for being part of the conversation. Uh, by the way, Hendrix is in here with us, the puppy, so if you hear biting, chewing, or sneezing, it's probably him. Yes. We're working on getting a live feed going. Yes, to, uh, a Hendrix cam, time. yes. Nope, that's my laptop case. Yep. And so it begins. Begins now. All right. Uh, so yeah, we have a lot of fun stories lined up for you guys today. First off, we are going to go with the box office, however. Now yes. granted, we are we now film these on Sunday nights, so these estimates, these are just the weekend estimates. They are not the final weekend numbers by any stretch of the imagination. So if there is a change, which usually they're pretty dead on accurate. They're usually accurate, yeah. But if there is a change, I will note it in the description of the video come Monday and say if like a movie got in a different position and also put the final totals in there regardless. Mm-hmm. But as of the Sunday evening estimates, here's what we have so far. Bullet Train coming in number one on its second weekend, making another $13 million, dropping 55% from last week. Normal drop. Coming in second was DC's League of Super Pets, dropping 35% from weekend two to weekend three, making $7 million. Coming in third, jumping from, I believe, sixth from last time, Top Gun Maverick making another $7 million in its 12th week. It's insane. Uh, coming in fourth was Thor Love and Thunder making another $5 million. And coming in fifth was Nope making another $5 million as well. If there's going to be a change, it'll probably be those last two because there's only an $11,000 difference there. Mm. But, yeah. Well, regardless, both of us were very wrong. Yes, extremely wrong in our predictions. We had Dalton had Bullet Train coming in at number one, which... Uh-huh is correct so far. DC Super Pets, number two, correct so far. Number three, you had Nope. Yep. Number four, you had the new release, Fall. Yep. And fifth, you had Thor, Love, and Thunder. Yeah. I had the first two correct as well, Bullet Train and DC League of Super Pets. Uh, I also had Nope in third. Then I had Minions sneaking back in, and then the new release, Fall. The new release, Fall, came in 10th. <laughs> yep. Making uh, $2 million in its opening weekend. Which uh, doesn't have the budget listed here, but I don't think it was that expensively made. So hopefully it'll be able to make its money back. And it opened up in, I believe, let's see, it just 1,500 theaters. So not the, you know, 4,000 wide mm -hmm. release. So maybe it'll open up slowly more in other territories to make help make it some money, which I didn't know when I predicted it. E.T. came in fourth, which we did see on Thursday. 14th. For, yes, 14th, excuse me, <laughs> which we did see on Thursday, and it was yes. a religious experience. Loved it. Uh, but yeah, um, any thoughts on the box office? My my big thing, though, is like Top Gun Maverick coming back to third. That movie just won't quit. It That's insane. The fact that it went out of the top five to then come back into the top five. Yeah, and I just, mean, looking at uh, 
Just what's coming out this crazy. weekend. Uh-huh. I wouldn't be surprised if it stays in the top five again. Yeah. Same. Same. What is what's coming out this week? Beast? I believe Beast is, is the bit is the big release. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. What did what did Bullet Train make in its second week? Thirteen. Hmm. That's a tough one because I feel like Beast hasn't been marketing much. But man, people love Idris Elba. Mm-hmm. So I think it can open more than thirteen. Oh, I think so. Too. So I'm gonna go Beast. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to go with. You know, call me crazy. I'm going to go Super Pets. Okay. Super Pets. Then we're going to go with a Bullet Train. We're going to round that out with a Top Gun. And in fifth, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go Thor. Interesting. That's where I'm going to go. So Beast, Super Pets, Bullet Train, Top Gun, Thor. Here's what I'm going to do, because yeah. I feel like, all right, you know what, fuck it. Mm-hmm. Um, Beast number one. Yep. Bullet Train number two. Super Pets number three. Maverick number four. Nope number five. Nope number five. All right. Got a good variety going on here. Also, look at how close uh, Super Pets and Top Gun Maverick are. It's only a $25,000 difference, so we could find out tomorrow that Top Gun actually came in second. That'd be even crazier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which would be nuts. But anyway, what do you guys think about the box office craziness still going on with Top Gun Maverick? And what do you think will be number one next week? Let us know in the comments below as we move on to our next topic. Nick, what is the next topic that we have lined up for today? Well, the first topic we got going on for the stories is we got... Uh, that new movie, Fall, that we spoke about that came in 10th in the box office. Yes. Uh, some interesting stories around that. Lionsgate used a deep fake style technology to change 30 F-bombs in the movie, which brought it down from an R rating to a PG-13 to try to kind of give it a little more, more of an audience. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Thank you for bringing that up. And yes, this comes to an R... It, this, Jesus Christ comes from variety yeah this comes to us from variety the filmmakers behind indie action thriller fall were facing kind of a big freaking problem lionsgate wanted to pick up the movie for u.s theatrical release but fall a white knuckler about two young women who are in danger from plunging plunging to a 2,000 foot tall radio tower was rifled with f-bombs which would result in an r rating cramp you know cramping the box office take for a small budget picture the producers of fall which had a production budget of three million okay so it's three million budget couldn't afford to reshoot all the scenes in which the petrified climbers screamed you know fuck along with you know various permutations the solution scott mann who directed and co-wrote fall turned to the artificial intelligence dubbing technology system developed in london-based production flawless for which he also serves as the co-ceo wow what a Fun coincidence. According to Man, the flawless team and post-production changed more than 30 F-bombs in the movie to a PG-acceptable epithets like freaking, along with a few other dialogue changes. Now, some of you may be thinking, holy crap, why would they shoot a movie as R and then turn it to PG-13? When the truth is, that actually happens a lot. That happens a lot in Hollywood. Yeah. But, you know, why change it to PG-13? What is the, what's the, you know, reason for that? Um, it is long believed, and there is some truth to this, not always... But there's a lot of truth to, if your movie's PG-13, 
kids who are under 17 can go by themselves to watch it and though that is the main audience that goes to movies to you know nowadays and even you know as far as the 90s are people in their teens and early adulthood and they want to be able to have as sell as many tickets as possible without their kids having to beg their parents to buy the ticket and watch the movie with them if it's pg-13 they can just be dropped off and go and watch you know the movie um, so that's the reason for it. The reason why this is such a big deal, though, is because this is the first time that this type of technology, this type of deep fake technology, has been used to change that rating, and they didn't have to reshoot anything. Normally, what they would do on sets is they would um, do several different takes: one where they say the f bomb, one where they don't. Yeah. Or there's some hilarious situations where it's really obviously redubbed in the film that they go in and have to change later. So you have that happening, you know, semi-frequently. And, uh, but like I said, the deep fake use of this is really revolutionary. It was a huge cost saving thing. And instead of, you know, wasting time and money on set doing different takes, you know, one with the upper one without it, you now have a situation where you can just shoot it whoever you want and change it later. Or so, even getting the actors back for ADR. Exactly. Yeah. So that's really, really interesting to see. Very cost effective. And I could see a lot of movies utilizing this in the future. Like let's say if a movie at Sundance if someone's like, we'd love to buy it, but we can't have an R-rated movie. And it's like, well, we'll just fix it in post. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on this? And, you know, do you think this could be utilized more in the future? I mean, I feel like that really only solves a language problem, no? It's kind of like yeah, if your R-rating is for, you know, you'd have to cut stuff. Like yeah. if it was for nudity, nudity or something, yeah, which yeah. then are they just going to, you can just kind of censor that. But mm -hmm. this kind of seems really only useful for that, which is cool. Um but yeah, what what's more curious about it is this little kind of indie pick is the one that's probably getting more publicity now yeah. because of that, mm -hmm. which is is good for them. But also, I guess it really begs the question of what, how much of a difference does it actually make? Yeah, because the movie was made for three million, mm -hmm. but it made two and a half in its opening weekend. Yeah, what does that number look like if it was an R-rated release? You know what I mean? True. Like, how much did they actually gain from that? Yeah. So, I, yeah. And, I don't and know. It, would be, it would be an interesting experiment to see if it was, like, a big budget movie. Like, the difference it could have made. Yeah. Like, if uh -huh. they wanted to make Deadpool yeah. R, from R to PG-13 and had mm -hmm. to use all that. And by the way, that's that that's like? a good example because that was one of the reason why the movie wasn't initially greenlit a long time ago. And they had to, like, fight for it was because yeah. of, like, well, we want to make it PG-13 and because we want to sell more tickets. Yeah. That movie turned out just fine and made tons of money, but you know, like it was a very re it's a very real conversation that happens. I feel like as a like a generation, like a movie going audience now, I feel like R an R rated movie doesn't have the same like <gasps> Yeah, I know that there's a lot kind more of leniency. Yeah. Gasp at it. I mean, I guess you still need to have like the age restrictions, so it does make sense from yeah. the the standpoint of getting, you know, t seventeen year olds into the seats, but yeah. At the same time, it's like I feel like the stuff is more acceptable now socially. Yeah, well, I, I think part of the good news is it's because, you know, back in the 80s, it's like, Mom, can you please go see this movie with me? And it's like, no, I'll just drop you off. Nowadays, it's, Mom, can you go see this movie with me? And it's like, yeah. Yeah. So now the already movie is getting two tickets sold to it because the parent also wants to go. Exactly. So, you know, that's kind of where it's being helpful there. Anyways, what do you guys think about the defect technology used in the film Fall? And do you think it could be used more in the future to bring down ratings of movies? Let us know as we move on to our next story. Nick, what do we got next? Next, we got a little just, you know, nothing major here, but a little exciting news, especially for one of our favorite TV shows, Doctor Who. Mm -hmm. uh, they re recently announced, um, I believe we covered it on a previous show, uh, Shudi Gatwa mm -hmm. 
from Netflix's Sex Education is going to be the new Doctor. Yes. Uh, well, he's going to start filming his first season this November. All right. That is awesome to know, especially because we know releasing sometime next November is the 60th anniversary episode or episodes. I've, I've heard rumblings that it could be a three-part episode. Mm. That we know David Tennant, of course, is returning for because we've seen him on set. Along with Neil Patrick Harris playing a new villain. But it's now nice to know that they're going to start filming the new season this year, even though it's going to be released in 2024. That's no problem. Always nice to get ahead of the game on that one. So uh, this one does come from The Hollywood Reporter. Incoming Doctor Who, Shudigawa, won't have to wait long until he's given the keys to the TARDIS. The Hollywood Reporter understands that the sex education star will begin filming the next season of Doctor Who the 14th of November since it's two or the 14th season rather since it's 2005 revival and his first as the framed time Lord for BBC this November. It'd be great if I could speak English today unveiled by returning showrunner Russell T Davies in May. Gatwa takes over from Jodie Whittaker whose four year stint as the 13th doctor is due to come to an end and a special episode broadcasting this October as a part of the BBC centenary celebrations. At least one more special episode of Doctor, Do- Doctor Who is due to be broadcast in late 2023 to mark the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who. And then here where it says, THR understands there may be as many as three episodes with previous Time Lord David Tennant returning to reprise the role. So, I think this is very great news. It you know just goes to show that they're going to be getting ahead and the fact that they're filming it a lot in advance, I think means that one, we're going to be seeing more than the six episode seasons that we were kind of having with the uh, Jodie Whittaker episode. Sorry, the dog is running around. And um, also, so we're, I think we're going to get back to more 10, 11, 12 traditional Doctor Who episodes. And not only that, I have heard that they're, gonna, they're in talks with BBC to bring back Christmas specials. Which, Ooh. thank God, because I loved the Christmas, Christmas Doctor specials Who episodes. Are great, yeah. Yes. The New Year's ones weren't that. Yeah. It an... yeah. It was just, like, why change it? Like, yeah. that, made, that made no sense. Man, Hendrix is having a good old time over there. But, uh, but yes, I'm really excited about this. You know, what do you think about the Doctor Who season starting filming in this November? And do you think... Um, this could be a positive outlook as to how many episodes we're going to be getting, you know, when the show does air in 2024. Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's exciting to see. I think he's going to be a great doctor. The man is busy. Yeah, he's still appearing in the fourth season of Sex Education. Somehow, yeah, he's in the Barbie movie that mm-hmm. has everyone in it. Yeah. So it's like, how <laughs> isn't Doctor Who like a ten month filming schedule? Yeah. Like how yeah. this man is working. Yeah. So great for him and. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, I, I love Doctor Who. I've been kind of disappointed. I think that Jodie Whittaker's a fantastic Doctor. I agree. Uh, I don't think she just was given the material to show that. Agree, agree. Uh, so hopefully, maybe with the specials, she gets a little screen time and could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm excited that, you know, they're attracting names like Neil Patrick Harris. They're getting big names. So I'm, I'm sensing a big Doctor Who revival in the future, which I'm all for. Episode two. I just hope Stephen Moffat comes back to write an episode two. That'd be fun. He's he my favorite showrunner and writer. But uh, what do you guys think about Shudi Gatwa officially to be confirmed to film Doctor Who this November? Let us know as we move on to our next story. Nick, what do we got next? That's kind of our final. There's kind of three different stories in it, uh, mm-hmm. all in the wonderful world of DC Entertainment. Gee, I wonder what's been going on over there lately. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> uh, so the main things we're going to be talking or want to talk about, um, the Batman 2, Robert Pattinson, Matt Reeves, mm-hmm. has not officially been greenlit yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Walter Hamada was planning a Crisis on Infinite Earths movie before all these changes occurred. Um, and going back to the Flash problem, mm-hmm. uh, Warner Brother has officially unveiled three 
possible plans of that. I don't think they officially unveiled, but yeah, the rumors are going about that there are three options for the Flash movie. One, you have Ezra Miller front and center on the marketing on a apology tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, no marketing with, with Ezra, Ezra Miller, yeah. similar to like the Army Hammer, Death on the Nile situation, mm-hmm. or just scrapping the Flash altogether. Which is kind of big since scrapping it was never mentioned on the table before, and now it is uh, on there. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for bringing those topics up. And yeah, so, again, just the shitstorm going on at Warner Brothers Discovery in D.C. Well, you know, a shitstorm that hopefully can turn out great. You know, I have have faith in Zaslav for now, but we'll we'll see. That that, that can change as time goes on. But um, something I want to say is... Um, kind of just, you know, expand on what you just said about everything going on over at DC. Uh, in regards to the Batman 2 not being greenlit, um, we found that out from a Hollywood Reporter article, I believe. And um, it, it is important to point out, while the Batman 2 has not been greenlit, you can't really greenlight a movie unless there's a script and the script is not finished. Yeah, Matt Reeves is still writing it. And he also took an infamously long time to write the first Batman script. So it's not something I would be too worried about. Hello, buddy. Yeah, still recording. Oh, hello. Oh, hi. Do we have a Hendrix on camera? <laughs> uh, anyway, moving on. Um, yeah, so Batman to not greenlit because there's no script. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, only Marvel really greenlights things without scripts <laughs> way <laughs> in advance. But uh, but yeah, so um, in terms of that, that's kind of what's going on there. Uh, was there another one other than the Ezra Miller? Walter Hamada. Yes. Something that we found out from the Hollywood Reporter was the thing about Walter Hamada doing a Crisis on Infinite Earths plan, and I will, you know, go into that now. Before Warner sailed to Discovery, Hamada was gearing up to release three or four films a year. The executive was brought on in 2018 to chart a new course for DC after a roadmap spearheaded by Zack Snyder imploded in the wake of the disastrous release of Justice League in 2017. Hamada's plans are said to have included a Crisis on Infinite Earths event, a take on the seminal DC comic story that was adapted for TV on The CW. Rumors circulated that a, circulated about introducing the Secret Six, which I've said I've wanted to see, a villain team that in the comics have been Suicide Squad antagonists. More concretely, Warner's had a film based on Supergirl, Green Lantern Corps, and Static Shock expected to be in the next few years, plus a J.J. Abrams-produced Black Superman film from writer Ta Nahashi Coates. Development has slowed with none, none of those features attaching directors, so they're not canceled yet, but they are slowing down production. Uh, Some key collaborators have received assurances on their projects that they are safe. The Suicide Squad filmmaker James Gunn has multiple DC projects in development at DC, including Season 2 of Peacemaker, which is moving forward. Insiders say Blue Beetle, starring Zolo Maradina as DC's first Latino superhero to top line a movie, is also on track for an August 2023 release date. So that movie is still coming out. Peacemaker Season 2 is still happening. So, you know... Things are still going on, and some things that Hamada had planned, but, you know, the big Crisis on Infinite Earths event probably not going to be happening now because DC and Zaslav are going to, you know, do a whole new thing, and Hamada might leave. Um, We've heard that he tried to leave after the whole Batgirl thing, but he has agreed to stay on at least for the release of Black Adam, and then we'll see what happens there. But apparently people at Warner Brothers are trying to convince him to stay, and we just need to see what's going to be going on after that. So that is in regards to the Crisis on Infinite Earths thing. Then there's the Ezra Miller thing. And this, you know, is something that's just been going on forever now. But um, like you said, scrapping the movie entirely... (coughs) Sorry. It's okay. (sighs) ...was completely off the table. It is now not off the table. It doesn't mean that's what they're doing. Yeah. But I'm going to dive into what the Hollywood Reporter had to say about those three options that you had mentioned at the top of the topics. 
First, Warners has received indications that the 29-year-old Miller, whose mother has accompanied the actor in recent days, will seek professional help after returning home to their farm in Vermont after being away. If that happens, Miller, who goes by they-them pronouns, could give an interview at some point explaining their erratic behavior over the past few years. The actor could then do limited press for The Flash, and the movie would open in cinemas as planned. The second scenario, even if Miller doesn't reach out for help, Warners could still release the film, but don't expect Miller to play a prominent role in terms of marketing or imp publicity, nor would Miller be the Flash going forward as the role would be recast in future projects. And third, the situation with Miller deteriorates even more. He does more messed up things. This would see Warner's killing the movie outright as it could not be reshot with a different actor. Miller plays multiple characters and is in almost every scene. Scrapping a $200 million film would be an unprecedented move. So, it's on the table now. Yeah. I think option two is what's going to happen. Don't have him in the marketing and just yep. here it is, here's the date. Whatever money we are going to make, we might lose, but it's still better than scrapping the movie. Yeah. And I also think that um, in doing so, it still kind of leaves... Because I think canceling the movie doesn't punish Ezra Miller. It punishes everyone else who's not Ezra Miller. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone who worked on that movie, the thousands of people who worked on that movie... You know, the director, Andy Muschietti, who doesn't deserve this. Sasha Kaye, who got cast as Supergirl, who doesn't deserve this. Um, you know, that would just kind of be like the Batgirl thing. From a creative standpoint, it'd be really shitty, even yeah. if it's a business strategy, you know. Um, and the first one, I don't think you should risk having Miller try to turn the public discourse around. If you're going to do that, you need to start now because the movie comes out July of next year. So start now. Well, the thing is, is an interview and an apology enough? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, is it better just to not? Probably not. And that's giving him more spotlight yeah. and time. And it's, I don't see the benefit of that because are people going to forgive it? Mm-hmm. Is it all going to seem just very faked and everything? Or are they going to be genuine? And at the same time, also, he's not going to be the Flash moving forward. No, definitely So not. what's the point of having them... Yeah. Front and center. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah. And, you know, it would be embarrassing if they apologized and then three months later they do something else. Exactly. And it's in the news, you know, because there's still time before this movie comes out, almost a year. Well, that's the thing, too, is do you try to bump this release date? Again? I don't know. No, forward. Oh, just to get it over with. Just get it out because it's... It's August. Mm-hmm. This it thing to, comes it out. It's supposed to come out in November. It's supposed to come out in November. You've got July. Just get it out there before, if you really are intent on releasing it before well, Ezra you, Miller does more. Yeah, you'd still have to get it out after Aquaman too because they just went through the thing of reshooting with Ben Affleck. They did do that, yes, but the original still exists. That's true. So if you p- push Aquaman. Give the Flash the November release. Swap them, yeah. Swap them, and then that ex- that fixes your Keaton problem. Do another test screening with Keaton, see if people make sense after Flash has come out. Yeah, and go from there. True, very very true. But yeah, I think it's definitely going to be option two. What do you guys think the ultimate option is that they're going to be using? Let us know down in the comments below. And before we go, I just wanted to point out something that just hit me. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, we're in August. Craven comes out in five months. Craven comes out this year? No. January. 
going on the Sony Marvel side of things. Yeah. Wait, really? Yeah, and we haven't had a trailer yet. I believe it comes out in June. I'm going to look it up now. Interesting. In case I'm wrong as hell. What do you think they're waiting for? I thought with Bullet Train they would have a trailer because it was Sony. Does another Sony movie come out this year? Sony and Aaron Taylor Johnson's in it. Yep. No, Craven release date, January 13th, 2023. Is there another big Sony movie coming out this year? I don't know. Let me see. Sony release is 2022. Oh, not coming to Netflix. I don't give a shit. All right, someone made a list for us. This is oh, when Spider Verse? That's not this year. No. no, I thought they moved it to next year. Yeah, I can't find a list. Like, no, yeah, one, that's fine. No one yeah. cares enough to make a list. Still five months. That's. You know, I mean, Marvel's been kind of cutting them closer lately. Yeah, especially with Thor. Thor was like, what? Almost 90 days. 90 days within it. So, but I feel like Craven, you got to try to get some more, more press going. I'm, I'm conflicted. I, you know, I still haven't seen Morbius. I have the 4K brother. We can watch it. I know you do, but I mean, do you think they're just trying to like hold off and not sure in a new thing like what do you think they're kind of the no, strategy I, is five months or do you think they're just not budgeting i just think they're just gonna do a short window but a constant window like we're gonna see because think about how much they had to market morbius because of how many times it moved yeah you know they're probably just like fuck that three months hammer yeah. it down three months go from there and maybe they're probably second guessing everything because of how bad morbius was yeah but i mean it seems like they're pretty confident in madam webb apparently yeah which is a whole other fucking thing rumors of the round table bring it back baby <laughs> talk about madam web for a second oh before God. we go yeah apparently the rumor going around is that the madam web movie is basically we previously reported that adam scott mm-hmm. from parks and rec yes and uh the hit apple show severance had joined the cast yes um and some interesting set photos leaked of Emma Watson's character, who we also reported being in it. Yes. Uh, in an unconfirmed... Emma, Emma Roberts. Emma Roberts, I'm sorry. Emma Roberts in an unconfirmed role as well. Uh, set photos showed her pregnant. And I know there was a run of, I believe, the Jessica Drew Spider-Man mm-hmm. where that character was pregnant. So there was some speculation as to uh, who that could be. Uh, but now there's an interesting rumor going around that they are, in fact... Mary Parker and her brother, Ben, ben Parker, Uncle, Uncle ben. ben, and that Adam Scott is playing a young version of an Uncle Ben, and Emma Roberts is playing Mary, right? Mary Parker is the mm-hmm. mom's name. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, it's a Terminator 2, Terminator-style movie where uh, people don't want baby Peter Parker to be born, who she's pregnant with, and uh, everyone's trying to stop that from happening which if so honestly kind of a rad movie idea dude fuck yeah if that's if that's really the plot of the movie that's fucking awesome yeah that is fucking awesome but see now here's the question is is this a new Mm spider-man or is this an existing spider-man right that's what we don't know that's what we don't know because they never they never like to tell us they don't ever or could this take place in the past and we get a 
future cut to that Peter Parker being born in the past, and now he's aged up, and he's in the Sony universe with mm-hmm. Morbius and everything like that. Because we do know a Spider-Man exists yes, in just, that Sony universe. Yes, just cast Clint Eastwood as Spider-Man. Exactly. There we go. But yeah, but, so but dude, if that's true, like if the if they start marketing that movie next year and that's what's going on, holy shit, yeah. that would be awesome as hell. Because we don't I even would, know what Craven's about yet. Yeah, I would suddenly be interested in the Spunk universe again. Yeah, if they could pull that off, honestly, Craven kind of has my interest. I won't lie. Yeah, I like that character. I it don't know what dope. they're gonna do with it, but I love Aaron Taylor Johnson. So mm-hmm. bring it on. Yeah. Absolutely. Give us a trailer, Sony. Come on. Absolutely, yeah. We're, we're going to bring back Rumors of the Roundtable more. I missed that segment. This January, the hunt is on. Are you kidding? Put that as a tagline in your trailer. That's what I'm saying. That would sell me. Absolutely. So uh, that's going to be it for the show today, guys. Um, let us know all of your thoughts in the comments below. If you're watching us and you need to listen only because you're doing work or whatever, we're on your podcasting app of choice. If you're listening to us on a podcasting app, you can also watch us on YouTube, be able to see Hendrix and little surprises when stuff like that happens. <laughs> uh, so, you know, please subscribe to us on all those formats. Thank you guys so much for watching, and we will see you next time.